everyone, welcome here. It's good to see all of you. We will be singing songs exclusively from the hymn book this morning, so if that's something that you like to read along with, with lyrics or music, you can pull out the hymnal from in front of you, hopefully somewhere in the row in front of you. Um, if that's not your preference, we'll have the, the lyrics on the screen. So we'll start by singing number 25, Immortal Invisible, all four verses. is from Psalm 63. I'll be reading from the NLT version. O God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who trust in him will praise him, while liars will be silenced. 
you can turn in your hymn books to number 68, There is a Wideness. And we'll just be singing the first three verses. Number 428, I need thee every hour.
59, I sing the mighty power of God. to turn in your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 39. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Good morning. Uh, before we go into announcements or prayer items, let's spend some time praying for our children's church. Dear God, we come before you today thanking you once again for our children's church. We thank you for each and every one of the little ones that is there. We thank you for the teachers. We thank you for the things they will be learning and the lifetime they will live. And now we pray a blessing upon our children's church that it'll be a wonderful time for all involved as well as we pray a blessing upon our service today. In your name we pray, amen. Ages three to 11 in the youth room, just go back and that way. All right, so if you have your bulletins on you, there is a number of announcements that we can highlight. It seems that we're finally getting things into full steam ahead once again. Uh, the first off is ladies' Bible study. Now, I made a mistake in the email that I sent out midweek because I said it was this coming Monday, and that was definitely wrong. October 18th at 1.20. Uh, talk to Lois or Charlene if you want more information on ladies' Bible study. That is a Monday. The next, October 17th, Cesar Garcia, uh, who is the General Secretary of Mennonite World Conference. He is coming out to speak at our church, which I am very excited about. Uh, make sure to put that on your calendar as somebody to come out uh, to listen to. Uh, next, October 23rd, there's going to be a work day at the church. The hope is to get the rest of the, are they poplars? I'm bad with trees the tall ones that are all dead. The hope is to get those down. Uh, so if that is something that you enjoy doing, uh, then make sure to put that on your list of things to do. Uh, October 23rd, there will be a starting date that will get announced in a midweek email coming soon. October 30th, uh, if you remember last year, at about this time, uh, we were going to be hosting community development workshop modules here in the church uh, in conjunction with the, uh, with the McGregor Chamber. Uh, so now, finally, after a year of restrictions on and off this way and that, we can finally do that. And so October 30th, if you want to find out more about those, either keep an eye online. I suspect that the chamber is going to be promoting those very soon, so you'll find it on your Facebook or whatever else, or come talk to me. Uh, it'll be a very interesting time. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, besides that, uh, one thing that we see as very important in this coming year is uh, the church calendar. Uh, there is a church calendar online, as many of you may know, and we try to keep it up to date as much as possible, but this year when there is restrictions and different things like that going on, then our goal is to keep that as on, like just on point as best as possible. And so if you have an event uh, that is going on that is church related, make sure to get it to either Ron or I, and we will get that up on the church calendar. That way everybody knows and everybody's on the same page as far as what's going on. Uh, next, as you've probably heard, there is an increase uh, in restrictions coming. Uh, at this time, we don't think it's going to impact our Sunday service, uh, but at the same time, keep an eye on midweek emails for how it will impact other uh, ministries that we're doing. Small groups uh, will probably be impacted by those regulations. Uh, and so keep an eye out for that. And finally, communion. Next Sunday uh, is the second Sunday of the month, which means it is communion Sunday. So please uh, work to get your heart in order for that time to come. 
And apart from that, we have a number of prayer items, as you can see there as well. We're getting to the end of harvest now, and so continue to pray for those yields as well as continue to pray for safety. And finally, I think that we can all uh, say the same thing, that as we go out in our community, there is a lot more tension than there used to be on matters particularly relating to COVID, but I have found that those matters always seem to start in one place and then spread out to everything, and so people are just snapping at each other back, right, and center. So continue to pray for our community as well as North Norfolk in general, that we will once again be able to see that we're all human beings, you know? We're all neighbors, and continue to pray. That's what I'll say for that. And so, please bow with me now in a time of prayer. Our God, we come before you today with a number of things on our hearts. First off, we want to say, we want to say thank you. We're in the beginning of October now, and the weather is nice. It's looking like it'll be a beautiful week to come. One more time that we can just get out there and enjoy the creation that you have made. And so, God, we say thank you for that. After a summer that was so very, very hot and dry, it's nice to have this time that we can spend out there amongst what it is that you have all made and tasked us to shepherd over. And so, God, we, we say thank you. And, God, we also want to pray. Lord, we want to pray for the harvest that is happening now. Lord, as we are drawing to the end of it, a lot earlier than we normally would be, God, we pray that there will continue to be safety. Lord, we pray that there will not be any accidents in this area and hopefully not for the province as well. And God, we pray that even though the yields may not look promising, they will turn out to be better than thought. God, these things we bring before you because they impact us so very directly to our hearts. And God, we want to also bring our town before you. Lord, it seems like there is tension where there was not nearly so much of it before. And so God, we, we bring that before you. God, we pray that once again, we will be able to see one another as, as neighbors. We pray that once again, we will be able to see one another as fellow human beings. And even though we may disagree on a number of things, that we will remember to once again see that the way that we can actually discuss those things isn't by drawing lines that are hard and fast and angry, but instead by approaching each other in love. God, this we definitely put before you. And God, as we come closer to our church, we want to pray for the new regulations that are coming in. We want to pray for the leadership of our church, that we will have productive conversations as far as the way forward, that we will be able to address and get that information out as quickly as it is likely to come in. God, we pray for your wisdom on those discussions. And God, also, we want to bring before you Richard. We thank you so much for his willingness to preach on the last minute. And God, we Pray that you will be with him throughout the entirety of the service. God, we pray that you give him the words to speak that will talk to each and every one of us today. Our God, we pray each and every one of these things. Amen. All right. And so, 
Let me tell you a little bit about my week. <laughs> On Tuesday, I got a phone call from Terry Smith, and it turns out that he was under the weather. And these days, you don't want to come and be in front of a whole group of people if you were feeling under the weather. And so very quickly, we needed to find somebody to come and speak. And thankfully, after being pointed in his direction, Richard Clausen is our man. And that is a wonderful thing, because as those of you have met him before, if there is a man that knows how to preach, in my experience, it's Richard. I met him for the first time when he was the pastor off in Cola, and my favorite Richard story probably comes from that day as well, because after I had spoken in his church, uh, he invited me over for lunch and what was supposed to be originally, I think, an hour, and then I needed to get back because that was the day that we were having our October or Thanksgiving meal. After an hour, uh, that turned into two hours and then three hours, and then I think I was at your place. You were probably just desperate to get rid of me by that point. I think I was there for a solid four and a half hours before I left. But at the same time, I learned an awful lot about what it meant to be a pastor that day just from talking to you. And so I want to say thank you for coming to speak here today. And so, uh, Richard Clausen. Thank you for, for that introduction. Uh, appreciate knowing you, having gotten to know you as well. And uh, we've uh, spent time together, not on the same board, but at least on the same, uh, uh, well, I guess we're on the same board. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so we did cross paths there. I have uh, kind of left some of that, uh, those all the uh, opportunities, I guess you'd call them, and, uh, and I've gone on to other things, but I'm glad to be here this morning and glad to uh, be able to help helped you out this, uh, this morning. Uh, I feel a little bit, uh, I was uh, telling some of our uh, friends there that I, I feel a little bit, you know, like in the springtime when uh, you go out golfing for the first time and you haven't hit the ball yet and, uh, for, for, for all winter. And I've been out, kind of out to pasture for, uh, uh, what is it now? I think I, the last time I preached is probably a, a year and a half or something, I, or over a year, I think. So, uh, so I feel a little bit uh, out of my element right now. Uh, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll try and make do. Uh, it's been, uh, I think, uh, also, well, it was back in Cola days that, uh, that, that I was last here, I think. I preached here one time. And so uh, a lot of good friends here, and uh, I'm glad to be here. I, I guess it's, uh, by now, it's somewhat of a cliche uh, to say that uh, we are living in unimagined, unusual times. Uh, I have uh, really not been jealous of pastors like Russell here, uh, who uh, has had to plow through some of these uncharted, perilous waters for uh, it's almost a couple of years by now, I guess. And so it appears that I kind of picked uh, the right time, just exactly the right time to step down, to step away from uh, full-time pastoring. And, uh, but we've still been praying for pastors like you, so, and churches, of course, as well. But none of us can escape uh, many of the, or most of these effects 
of these pandemic times. And as I, I thought about all some of these things, and uh, uh, I, as I was asked to speak here, uh, my thoughts turned to a verse uh, that happened to actually be my father's uh, uh, favorite verse, and uh, it's. Uh, I had uh, I had the reader read here from uh, Romans eight thirty one to thirty nine. I want to actually zero in on verse thirty seven, particularly, where he says, "Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us." In all these things, he says, Paul starts thinking here about all the different things uh, that might possibly come between him uh, or us and Christ. And, and he thinks of some of the things that he has gone through personally in his own life, troubles and hardships and persecutions and famine and, and nakedness and danger. And then he adds one that he hasn't yet experienced, uh, which is the sword or execution. And uh, to all of these things, he answers a firm no. None of these things would separate us from God, God's love. And then in, uh, later on, he adds a bunch more things. Uh, and surely there is something here uh, that would prove that Christ doesn't love us. Some of these things come to us as a result of being a Christian. Some are troubles that come to, uh, to anyone or everyone. Probably we all know that these things uh, can be very trying uh, of one's faith. You know, we can read Job's uh, story and how he and his friends debate this very issue. What value is there in serving God if trouble hits you just as hard as, as otherwise? Why, why bother with God? We, we have the idea of a God who, if he is as powerful and as loving as the Bible seems to indicate, he would certainly make life easy for those who are on his side. What sense does it make for us to still have to go through all of these hardships which just seem to want to shipwreck our, us and our faith. And we, we just really can hardly bear, bear to stand to think of, even to think of those things. Well, when I think of, of, of these kinds of things, these hardships and so forth, I think again of my father. Uh, my uh, father... Uh, way back, and uh, this was about 19, well, it was 1960 for us, uh, that uh, he, uh, along with a number of other families, we had a vision of uh, moving to the Merrifield area, which is just across into Saskatchewan. And we wanted there to, uh, they wanted there to reach out to the neighbors and, and start a church there and so forth. And uh, it turned out he became the pastor of that church for some eight years. And yet soon after moving there, uh, Dad came down with a, with a very rare disease, uh, which very nearly killed him. In fact, he was apparently the first one in Canada that did not 
they did not die of that uh, disease at that time. Uh, Stephen Johnson's, it was called. And uh, he was unable to work on the farm and to get the crop in that fall. And so my brother and I, we were still teenagers, but we were left with uh, hanging with do, uh, bringing that crop in that year. And then for a couple of years, uh, I think it was two years in a row that uh, the bulk of his crop got hailed out. And uh, then there were a couple of years of drought. And uh, Saskatchewan is known for drought, I guess, and so we experienced that. And in, the, in this time, he thought, well, we should uh, start a herd of, uh, you know, a cattle, of cattle. But that, uh, he, and so he bought some uh, young cows, and that spring, four of those drowned in our dugout. There was just ice just forming in the spring, or, uh, yeah, or just uh, melting in that, and the, so these cows slipped in and drowned. And in the midst of these things, uh, a cow hit him on his foot and just totally shattered his ankle. And then uh, not that long after this, uh, Dad was blowing the snow. This was in, uh, in wintertime, of course. And then he got his hand, he was fixing it, and he got his hand into the snowblower. And his hand, it was left, left hand, I guess, it got all mangled up. And he very nearly, they were debating about uh, taking it off, but they left it on. But it never healed properly, and he never had any feeling in it at all. All he could do was just move it a little bit like that for the rest of his life. So then on the top of all of this, his wife, my uh, mother, uh, died at the age of 47. And my uh, youngest brother was, uh, was three years old at the time. And then uh, uh, soon after, it, it wasn't that long after, there were church problems, and uh, Dad ended up having to resign from being the pastor. Very tough times, and we sometimes wondered, how much can one person take? And so how is it possible, in the face of all of this, that my dad ended up with having this as his favorite verse? Who shall separate us from the love of God? In all these things, we are more than conquerors. We'll look at that phrase, uh, uh, more than conquerors, a little later. But, but he, Paul says here, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Paul sees the answer to the, to the problem of uh, of suffering in Christ, in, in Christ's suffering. The words here, who loved us, you'll notice are in the past tense. That means, in the context, as, as I understand it, that this is referring, he's probably, in his mind, he's referring back to what he has said there in verses 31 to 34, where he talks of Christ's death on the cross. Instead of God using his power to remove all the things that cause suffering from our paths, or in his love somehow making it impossible for his people to suffer, God chose to show his love by having his son suffer for us and with us. Uh, commentator uh, John Stott, 
says about this, he says, Paul seems to be saying that since Christ proved his love for us by his sufferings, so our sufferings cannot possibly separate us from it. And so rather than being a cause for doubting God's love, our suffering is seen as evidence of union with the crucified one. We're united with him in his suffering. Today we tend to see suffering uh, as totally useless. Who wants to suffer? Uh, it's, it's unwanted. Maybe it's even unnecessary. Why should, we, why should anyone have to suffer? What good is it? And so if there isn't already a pill to take away the pain, uh, it's being invented as we, even as we uh, think of it. If the medical profession fails to remove our pain, well, they need to be sued because they, sh they certainly should have the answer. Now, I don't like pain, as uh, none of you do, I'm sure. But the point here is not so much that we should go looking for suffering, as some Christians actually have done, but, but rather he's speaking about what our attitude should be when it does come. Christ's suffering brought about the greatest good, which is our right standing with God, but our suffering also uh, works some good things. Or we could say that through suffering, we are built up and others are blessed, or at least that can be the case. <coughs> I'm uh, sure we've all, uh, we could all come up with cases where, uh, where we have seen this happen. Uh, some of you will remember, uh, maybe many of you won't, uh, when Johnny Erickson, uh, she was a young teenage girl, that probably was back in, well, I don't even know, maybe the 1970s or so. But she was an unknown teenage girl. Nobody had heard of her. But then she had a diving accident, and she hit the bottom or something, and, and she broke her, uh, I think she broke her neck or whatever happened, Anyway, she was paralyzed for life and confined to a wheelchair. And today she is known around the world, really, uh, for her inspiring faith and courage. And she has written books and recorded albums and so on. And, uh, and uh, it was through her suffering that she became a blessing on such a wide scale. And Paul describes the, something like that as being more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors, he says. You know, that's an interesting phrase. I, I thought about that. More than conquerors. The uh, NLT, I think, which was read here, the, translates it as overwhelming victory. When we think of that phrase, first of all, how can we be more than conquerors? Uh, a team wins or loses, right? Uh, the Bombers beat BC in the last game 30 to 9, wasn't it? I'm not a Bombers fan, by the way. I grew up in Saskatchewan, sorry. <laughs> I, I, no, no tomatoes coming? <laughs> 
Now that's an overwhelming victory, we could say. They really trounced them. But that doesn't quite explain, I don't think, the meaning of this phrase. Uh, most of us certainly don't uh, live that way, that, or live that kind of victory uh, in our lives. We don't always, you know, just plow through everything uh, and just we are so happy and we are on top of everything and uh, the, 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 we just have overwhelming victories in all of life. But our victory still is much more than just barely winning, grimly hanging on to the end in the face of severe trials. I, I have an illustration that may, maybe it will help us. I hope it does. I thought of it in this way. Uh, the angry waves of the ocean come crashing in on us, threatening to overwhelm us. And so out on the, in the waves, there's a swimmer, and he's barely keeping his head above water. He's floundering. Uh, he's uh, flailing his arms for all he's worth, paddling, sputtering and spitting water and, and uh, so forth, and he's just hanging in there. But along comes a fellow on a surfboard, and he's riding those waves, and he glories in staying on top of the waves, the bigger, the better. The waves keep crashing in on him, in on him but he just glides along on, on his surfboard. And, and he is more than a conqueror. He's thrilled with all of this. He not only survives, but he experiences what Oswald Chambers, uh, talking about these verses, uh, describes it as super joy in the midst of all the, these waves. Then secondly, a second thing about this phrase, where or who are these overwhelming conquerors? Do you know any overwhelming conquerors, more, people who are more than conquerors? Note that it says, we are more than conquerors. Who is it? We. Uh, does that apply to you in this church? We are more than conquerors. Is that possible? You know, I look around, and all I see is average people, right? There's, there's these people that we have known always. We, see, we call, say they're average, or we like to think so, that we are more or less average. But then I, then I think of all the people, you know, and I, I, I know the problems and the sins of the people sitting around me. And, uh, and here's somebody that, you know, has trouble with some addictions. And over there, somebody, a couple sitting, I know they have marriage problems. And this person has character flaws very hard to get along with. And here's a person, you know, 
not dependable at all. He says he's going to do this, and he never does. And so on. We see these problems that we see in, amongst us uh, just multiplying. And so I know how far short people in this church come. But then I, I think of this phrase, more than conquerors, and I think of the, the applying this to the disciples of Christ. And here were the fishermen, some of them, unlearned. One denied him. One doubted him. One betrayed him. And they all fled when, he, when Christ was crucified. Or we could maybe think of the church in Corinth, you know, the letter to the, especially the first letter to the Corinthians that Paul wrote, and all the sins and the problems that were uh, existing in that church. But the key to answering this, I think, is in through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In ourselves, we will not even reach the conqueror level, let alone more than conqueror. But note several things here about this, uh, this uh, phrase. No matter what happens to us, Christ loves us. And in him, we have salvation. That remains a truth that no one can take from us. And it remains true no matter what our economy does, or if we have a job or not, or if we have to wear a mask or not, or if we can, uh, if we can, are restricted or whatever, Christ still loves us. Our suffering or hardships in no way shows that God is punishing us or doesn't love us anymore. And so we not only survive troubles, but in the troubles we rise above them and rejoice in our standing with God a sweet and a loving relationship. But then, this is not just so much theory. It is happening all the time. But sometimes we, we tend to see only the shortcomings, and uh, we fail to see the, all the victories that are actually happening all around us. I think of my father, who in the midst of all these problems, remained patient, he remained kind, and he looked always to God and thanked uh, God for everything. I know it can be seen in many of you. Many of you here, I'm sure, have, uh, I know some of you at least, that have gone through various hardships in your lives, faced financial meltdowns, had very difficult health problems, suffered the loss of loved ones, came from broken homes where faith was not encouraged, and so on. And yet here you are, glorifying and praising God with, with God's people. Now, we don't want to excuse sin or slackness or anything where that exists, but in a sense, God overrides our weaknesses and uses us, weak vessels that we are, to glorify his name. That ragtag bunch of disciples that, uh, that fled when Christ was crucified came to turn the world upside down in their day. And God is using the church. He's using your church 
today also in the same way. Then also we can take that phrase, through him who loved us, in a very personal sense. You know, we know the verse in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This help from Christ very much hinges on our personal moment-by-moment trusting him and living in him. This lifts us out of a defeated life into a victorious life, rising above. We're not talking about an emergency rescue here, calling on Christ just when we get into trouble, although I guess that's good when when it's needed. But being more than conquerors means that this is happening really on a daily basis, from moment to moment. When we are holding back in our lives, uh, you know, in some area, sin or addictions or whatever it may be, then we, are, we stop drawing on the strength, and, and we do it in our own way. And so we need to confess and ask the Lord to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and that power can flow through us again. And so the point of Christianity is not how we can survive in this world. It's too bad when, uh, that many people are living at that level. If only I can make it through this week through, and the next week and the next week. Uh, we say, uh, thank goodness it's Friday. You know, I've, I've made it through the week and I've, now the weekend, you know, and I can just... And uh, that's kind of a, the, a survival mode that many people uh, work on one day at a time. You know, it's a nice song title. And it does bring out the truth that we need to trust God for today, for each day, and not worry about tomorrow. But as, as Christians, we need to experience kingdom living. That is, we are children of the king. Life is a lot, about a lot more than just paying the mortgage and going to work and eating and watching TV or even with texting or uh, tweeting all your friends every day. There's more to life. All those things are part of life, certainly. And there is a struggle to make ends meet and to face all the challenges we encounter. But as, he, as Hebrews says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. At the end of life, merely having survived, or even, uh, you know, at the end of the pandemic, just having survived, survived it, will not really be the big thing. But that we have walked with God and have kept the faith and have helped others along at the same time. After Dad passed away, we were uh, planning his funeral, we were, uh, all of his, uh, uh, my siblings, and just at a very oppor- in an opportune way, we unexpectedly, uh, my sister came across a list uh, be, uh, beside their bed, and uh, th- there, there she found this, there was a paper that had written on it, Songs for My Funeral. And these were not sad, regretful songs, 
But songs like, I think, It Is Well With My Soul was at the top of the list, and Amazing Grace, and so on. And Art Neufeld, who was their pastor at the time, uh, told us that shortly before Dad passed away, he had visited my dad, and uh, he had tried to encourage him and said, uh, told him, you know, that one, soon, one of these days, Christ would come to take him home. And Dad, who was at that point, was weak. He wasn't able to sit up. He hadn't been able to speak for a couple of years. And Dad had lifted his hand, and he had motioned as if to say, Come, Jesus, come. More than conqueror, through him that loved us. What about you this morning? Where are you at? Have you come to know Jesus in a simple, trusting faith like that? Are you living each moment in that faith? Through him who loved us, we can be more than conquerors, go through life as more than conquerors, Let's pray together. Father, this morning we are so grateful that you love us. We thank you for the work that you do in our hearts and in our lives. Thank you for this congregation, for the, the blessing that they have been to each other and to the community and uh, how they have trusted in you. And Lord, may even as these, uh, some of these hardships that we, look, uh, we call hardships are going on, ongoing, and yet, Lord, through it all, we can rise above, and we can not only survive, we can also uh, worship you, honor you, and we can uh, make a difference in this world around us. And so, Lord, may you be with this congregation, may you bless them, and uh, may you continue to to guide them and be with them and fill them and, and uh, build your church here in this town. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that word with us. As our final song, please turn to 435 in your hymn book. What a friend we have in Jesus.
Thank you. I will be chewing on that one for a while. For our benediction, we turn once again to the book of 1 Corinthians. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, and my love is with you all in Christ Jesus our Lord. Go now and serve our God.